This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 64 The Penturk Incident The night of February 26th, 2016 will remain one of the strangest days the small Wales town of Penturk will ever experience. The events that plagued a small town, causing an uproar and concern, and, as a result, flooded the local dispatch department, were strange, to say the least. With the continuous reports of strange lights, military involvement, and the constant reassurance that everything was completely normal by military dispatchers. Nothing could have been further from the truth. As a result, many residents took to social media to share their concerns and speak about what they had witnessed, only to be dismissed and made to feel their concerns were invalid. This is the story of the Penturk Incident. It was a typical cold night in February in the small Wales town of Penturk. The local dispatch center had received the usual calls that evening and had been rather slow for the most part. It wasn't till the end of the on-duty supervisor's shift that some strange calls began coming in. Several of the local residents had called in complaining of strange lights in the sky. The lights had been so bright and alarming, they had spooked and disturbed some of the livestock. This in turn caused some of the dispatch operators to question what could be the cause of the odd commotion. They were assured that it was most likely standard air traffic, or aircraft from the nearby military base. Additional reports began flooding the dispatch center. Each report more strange than the last. Reports claimed that more aircraft had been sighted. They consisted of low-flying helicopters and military transports, all being seen in high volume. Due to the continued reports and calls made to the dispatch center, they decided to contact the communications room at nearby military base St. Athen. They questioned them, asking if the craft being reported had been part of a military exercise that was taking place on that evening. It did seem a bit out of the ordinary to be performing such tasks at nearly 2 a.m., especially since they were reported being seen over residential areas. 
After some time discussing the reports with the military base, they claimed that the increased military presence in the area had been fully accounted for and had been pre-planned for testing purposes. Despite their claims, the calls continued flooding the dispatch center, increasingly growing more and more strange with each call. One of the residents in the town claimed to see a group of soldiers running through a nearby field. They appeared as though they were looking for something, or someone. Another report came in from a woman in the community. She stated that she had watched as a large pyramid-shaped object silently hovered near her home. When asked to describe the object, she said that it was covered in bright red lights. Some of the reports were more serious than others. One such claim was a report of a loud explosion in a nearby forest. After that, a helicopter crashed in a field. Due to growing concern as a result of the continued calls, the dispatch center made several more attempts to reach out to the military communications center. They felt that there were additional details they were not being provided with and wanted to get to the bottom of it. No matter how many times they reached out, they were provided with the same response. They were told there was no reason to be concerned and that everything was pre-planned and would be back to normal the next morning. After the incident, it wasn't long before the details were reported on by local news outlets. Several articles were published on multiple news websites, featuring different accounts from some of those that witnessed it happen, as well as a formal response provided by the police and the Ministry of Defense. Additionally, there were several follow-up articles that made their way to national news outlets. Some of these accounts were based around an analysis of British UFO incidents. Despite the many reports that surfaced after the incident, many still felt like they were being silenced and undermined to make their reports sound embellished and appear that their information had been fabricated. However, with so many reports of similar incidents, it is easy to confirm that something did in fact take place that night. Additionally, it is impossible to dismiss the residents of the town were convinced what they had witnessed was otherworldly. One of the first calls to the local police on the night of February 26, 2016 was made by a man named Mike Henbury. He claimed to see a series of red pulsating spheres that eventually formed the shape of a triangle. He then watched as the object slowly descended towards the ground. He continued watching, stunned by what he was witnessing, as the triangular-shaped object hovered just ten feet off the ground. It then seemed to spawn a mixture of red and green orbs that rotated around the object before it finally merged together to form a large sphere that pulsed red and green. 
Henbury's statement wasn't the only alarmingly bizarre claim to surface. Just three days earlier, on February 23rd, a woman by the name of Kaz Clark was with one of her friends when they spotted what appeared to be a military plane circling over the area. Over the following two days, she continued to see random aircraft in the skies above her village. On the night of February 26th, she, along with two others, were in her backyard when they were caught off guard by a loud drone in the sky overhead. When they looked up to see what had caused the sound, they spotted a large military jet with what appeared to be a circular radar dish rotating on top of it. It appeared as though the plane was in search of something as it began to circle the area. In the distance, they spotted a bright red light that appeared just over the tree line. Clark, along with one of her friends, decided to get closer for a better look. They watched as the light seemed to break apart into a series of smaller glowing red orbs. This went on for several minutes before the red orbs then aligned themselves into the shape of a triangle. The area between the orbs then darkened and was no longer invisible as a pyramid-like craft seemed to materialize out of nowhere. The object then began to rotate while a bright green object was launched from the top of it, quickly making its way through the night sky before it stopped and hovered for some time. As the pyramid craft hovered, Clark and her friend watched as what appeared to be lightning-like electricity come from the bottom of the craft and strike the ground below. As this happened, more green orbs shot from the top of the craft. All the while, the military jet continued circling above. The green orbs all moved together around the object, as if shielding or protecting it. As they continued watching, they noticed a couple more planes joined the first one and began circling the pyramid-shaped craft. All of a sudden, the red lights aligning the craft dimmed and disappeared, along with the craft itself. The still-hovering green spherical object then pulsated brightly three times, before quickly propelling itself away from the location. The planes that had been circling the large craft then changed course, in pursuit of the green object into the western sky as they all disappeared out of sight. After all the crafts were gone, two large red orbs then quickly came back to the same location the original craft had been hovering. One of the orbs seemed to stop in front of Clark as if it were scanning her. It then turned green and moved away. Over the next hour, several other witnesses reported seeing strange lights and crafts in the sky before they were then chased away by military planes, eventually ceasing all activity. 
Clark and her friend decided to search the area below where the craft had been, discouraged by not finding anything. They chose to go back to her house. Upon their arrival, they could hear the sound of an explosion in the distance. After realizing the sound had came from the west, they remembered the jets chasing the green object in that same direction, and assumed it had been shot down. The following day, Clark discussed the events with some of the other neighbors in the area. They claimed to also hear the explosion, some even claiming to hear two separate explosions, one after the next. The first sound seemed to come from the sky, and the second came from the direction of a nearby wooded area known as Lantricet Forest, also known as Smilog Woods. Clark's interest in the incident immediately inspired her to investigate the forest area. Upon arrival, it was easy to see that something had taken place there. As she made her way in the forest, many of the trees had been struck down and lie on the forest floor. She also noticed that it was snowing. However, strangely, it was only snowing in the forest area. After she left the wooded area, she returned to the spot where the craft emitted lightning onto the ground. To her surprise, the area had not been burnt. However, the plant life in the immediate vicinity appeared to be dying. Additionally, it was snowing again, but only in the area of the field. Since the incident, nothing has grown in the area and it has now become known as the Bald Patch. Military personnel were seen on the outskirts of Penturk. When they were questioned as to what had happened, they explained that they were performing training exercises. These statements were quickly conflicted when several ordinary-looking people arrived and camped out in the fields behind Clark's house. Some claimed to be a fracking survey team, while others claimed to work for a cellular network. Many roads and highways were also closed and didn't allow normal traffic through. Clark has since spent many years trying to gain more information as to what had happened on that night. She has since revisited the crash site with other UFO enthusiasts who claim to detect high levels of electromagnetic radiation. She has interviewed many witnesses from surrounding areas, all claiming to see similar objects to what had been seen over the skies of Penturk. Many claim the explosions were so intense they shook their houses and woke those sleeping in their beds. Despite all the supporting information Clark has uncovered regarding the incident, the military still maintained the same response, stating it was merely a training exercise. 
Clark was just one of the many to share her experiences and to question what she had witnessed. And she will certainly not be the last. Strange lights and unexplained craft are seen all across the globe. However, for this small town, it will forever be considered as its version of the more popular Roswell incident. Ultimately, a cover-up of such great proportions will always lead to many questions and will gain recognition. It is easy to determine that something did in fact take place on that February night in 2016. However, we may never fully know exactly what happened. Welcome, campers, to Campfire, Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts, I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. All right. So, I like how new this one is. Yeah, I mean, this, like, this is a lot more recent than some of, the, some of the ones that we've talked about previously. Yeah. This is like damn near current events. Yeah, for sure. Which is cool. Um... This, I will say, I hadn't heard, like, the story in its entirety, but I did listen to an interview with Kaz... Clark. Yeah, Yeah. Kaz Clark. Mm -hmm. And, like, her experience has been crazy. I mean, if you listen to any of the interviews, they're way more (laughs) in-depth. Sure. uh, And she talks about a lot more. Um, You know, we've kind of just kind of scratched the surface, basically, with this. Yeah. She, um... All of her stuff with doing like the the uk equivalent to um freedom of information requests and stuff like having to wait like three years to get a response when legally they're supposed to um legally they're supposed to respond in like six weeks or something and they waited three years yeah i there's there's a lot i mean because yeah she's made many many attempts um to get information through that act and stuff and so yeah there's a there's a lot with it and it's taken a long time for her to actually even get anything out of it yeah she's um done a ton of they released a book right like they self-published a book her and one of the other guys yeah um oh i don't have the name of it down here but i think what she what she said about that while you look up the title what she said was um a, a lot of people started approaching her about writing a book about her experience yeah. and she didn't want it to be colored by by an outside perspective so she and her friend who also experienced it um they just started writing down everything and like the book has all of the freedom of information requests and stuff in it and it has like everything yeah so I thought that was pretty cool. It was the the Pinturk incident, the greatest UFO cover up of modern times. Shit, that's yeah. pretty sensational, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's a hefty claim. I mean, yeah, without a doubt. But I mean, from the you know from the story, I it sounds yeah. sounds about right. That's fair. Yeah. They um. So the whole thing starts when they started seeing these like two 
are these um, small, like, twin-engine planes flying over their neighborhood. Yeah. And it's, like, continuous for, like, two days straight, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're seeing them yeah. in throughout the day, throughout the night. Yeah. Just literally at all hours of the day. Which I think is a huge point, because usually in these stories, the military's kind of playing catch-up when something like this happens. Yeah. But it seems like in this, they knew it was going to happen. Like, they were waiting for it. Right. I mean, you know, well, you would think so. Um, And there's there's a lot of... I guess there's a lot more to it, like, when we kind of talk about, like, why people don't buy into this and what, you know, like, why they think it's essentially a fabricated thing, right? Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I would expect especially... You know, in this case, they they knew that something was up, I felt. Yeah. You know, like, it's almost as, this they, as if they were, like, anticipating it. But... Yeah, it's... it's That that sets this apart immediately from most stories right. like this. But the other... Like, the other thing is, especially them talking about... It was pre-planned, like, training exercises and, you know, whatever else, like... There, I mean, there are some arguments to that, which are pretty, like, pretty, pretty hard to dismiss for sure. That it is an ex, that it was an exercise, right? Yeah, arguments stating that it wasn't. I mean, there, of course, there's oh, arguments, of course, the support that it was, uh, with multiple See, different things, but yeah, I don't, I honestly, I don't buy that it was a training exercise at all. See, I don't, I don't think so either. It's okay. So it's a residential area. It's two in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's right near a hospital, and the fucking Royal Mint is in this neighborhood. Right. Like, I mean, and they're not generally supposed to fly in a residential area, regardless. Yeah. Um, but the fact that there there was no no flyover or anything like that at that time. Yeah. Um. so. Also, when to jump ahead a little bit, when you get to the explosion, obviously they were using live ammunition. If this was a right, the, you oh, know, because yeah. that the simulated munitions that they use for for military stuff has no, there's no percussive force in those, and people were reporting this from like fifty miles away, right? right. The yeah, it was, I mean, people people heard and saw these things from. Even surrounding areas. Yeah. I know that Kaz Clark, uh, like, herself or single-handedly witnessed many, many people and, like, went pretty far to interview yeah. a lot of them. So, but, Going yeah, 50 miles crazy. in the UK is like going 500 miles for Americans. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's com- you can get to somewhere completely different. And- yeah. Which here you drive an hour away and yeah, it looks about the same. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, but I, I don't buy that they would even do a training exercise in this area. I don't yeah. That doesn't same. make any sense. It really doesn't. And I know in the interview she made that I listened to, she made the point that like less than forty miles away there's a huge piece of land that's like unoccupied. That's perfect for military operations. Like, yeah. And there there would be no reason for them to be doing this in this residential I mean, yeah, there's, space. there's like, a military um, base that was very close by. 
Yeah. A lot of a lot of area for them to actually do these training exercises, not within this, you know, town neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, so crazy. yeah, like a lot of that just doesn't add up. And so it makes it, it makes it kind of harder to buy. Yeah. But some I mean, some people do buy into it. And that's you know, like obviously those are the people that are, you know, blaming this on mass hysteria and attention seekers and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but I mean, of course, like their reasons for even, you know, going along with it in the first place is Wales is does have a lot of uh, military, uh, like military bases, and the incident yeah. also occurred at around the time of the biannual military training exercise. Uh, called Operation Chameleon. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's where a lot of people are like, yeah, this was during this time. Like, that was expected. You know, whatever. Yeah, see, that was another really interesting point that I that I heard in the interview I listened to is she talked about how they had this big military exercise just like a week or 10 days after this event took place. And ever since then, people kind of conflate the two incidents they like refer to them as the same thing or they mix details of both and they're like oh no no that was just this and she's like no damn it this was like 10 days before that right yeah yeah that's i mean that's totally separate thing yeah so and a lot of these people are saying you know yeah this happened at the time like no they they i mean that that happened like a week before so yeah yeah that's that's another one of the arguments against it which, you know, um, yeah. and of course the other thing are, you know, like, I guess, I guess some to argue that a little bit is like the ministry of defense, they're very open about what they're doing, especially when they're having drills, um, setting yeah. up the no fly orders, uh, and then listing like after it's done, uh, they list like all the different practices and stuff or training practices that they used on their website for people yeah. to actually read through and. Yeah, are very open about it. So, which I mean, See, is important. She saw that openness as like sort of like a psyop because uh, they that's were particularly possible. they were particularly open about the one just a few days later. They even sent like flyers to everyone's mailbox saying like, "You can expect explosions and like helicopters in the sky and all this stuff. Expect all this stuff," and that way people would, you know, later. The thinking back they're like yeah i got a flyer that said there would be helicopters and right you know what i mean and but she said during that exercise there were no helicopters there were no explosions like they paid close attention to you know what was actually yeah what actually went on and it wasn't like that so that's why she thinks it was purposefully done i mean that's to possible mix the two and, events and i i might have had my i might have had just like something slightly off but i thought that the the actual um, Operation Chameleon took place a week before the Pinturk incident. It's the other way around. Was it the other way around? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, still, either way is, you know, like, obviously kind of shady, but... Yeah, because, you know, when five years later, you're going to think, like, was that the first week or the second week in February? You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people... Then it would be really easy to to smash those two events together mm-hmm. in your mind. Yeah, then I mean, but it gives us something for it to also be 
Yeah. When people exactly. are kind of looking back or even like trying to figure out, you know, what was going on. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're watching these two planes. It, it ends up being too, like, because they overlap, right? Because she says there's no time when a plane isn't in the sky right. over their neighborhood. So this, the relief plane would come in before the first one left. And yeah, then, I mean, that's yeah, that's that's kind of how I understand it, yeah. There's always the bigger, someone flying. Yeah, and then the bigger plane shows up. The bigger military plane shows up right before this fucking giant right. pyramid craft like phases into existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, it literally, I mean, materializes. Yeah, yeah which, which is gnarly. It's super cool, actually. <laughs> It is. It's very cool. It doesn't like zip down from the sky. It doesn't. No, no. You no, just it, like you see the little in. red lights, which I mean, which I know we've we again we've had some similar cases that involve like these spherical things that form. You know, this like mega thing, yeah, uh, mega craft. But like, it's it's ET just megazords. Exactly. It's just really cool to like. I don't know, think of it like that. Yeah, it'd just be so neat to see. But yeah, because it's like the lights are kind of free form and floating around, and then they kind of like lock into this triangular pattern. Yeah, and it's almost like it's almost like they lock into a specific place to allow the craft to phase through. Oh, that's that's exactly right? my thinking. Is like they're almost like in predetermined spots that just yeah make this actually like, come to life. They're like the running lights for the Stargate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty awesome. This story is very sci-fi. Oh, it's extremely for sure. Like uh, the one guy that saw the the different red and green or- green orbs that form into one giant one, and then yeah. starts pulsating red and green. Um, yeah, that's some, you know, that's just, some weird shit. <laughs> it is, it is, but it's it's also, I mean, it's not a stretch. Like the that's something you know similar to what other people see sometimes yeah but just like out of of our normal way of thinking about it seems very very strange yeah of course um one of the details in your story that i hadn't picked up on was the fact that at some point the craft was hovering just 10 feet above the ground yeah that's i mean that's what this this farmer said like that yeah he basically watched as it descended down and then literally just hovered like 10 feet off the ground. That's terrifying. I mean, it terrifying, but that would also be so cool to see. That's so close. But yeah, I think like in that position, I'd, I'd probably kind of fear for my life a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. Rightfully so. <laughs> Dude. But yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's that pretty crazy. Yep. So then there's the cool lightning. So right? yeah, and that one that one is really really weird to kind of I guess kind of picture. Uh just because yeah. I just like imagine like lightning forming off the bottom of this like craft that's like striking on the ground. But when they went to check after like everything was said and done, there was there weren't any like burn marks or anything like that. Okay. Which is strange aside from the plant life in the area dying. Yeah, so the at the same time that they see the lightning like come down from the craft they see 
what? Um, I think the guy that she's with sees the orbs. Like yeah, she remembers just... the lightning, and he remembers the orbs coming out of the top, right? right. Sort of kind simultaneously, of spelling out like fireworks. Yeah, and the whole time this this bigger plane with the satellite dish is circling overhead. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the view? From I mean, that yeah, plane? it'd be crazy from above. Mm-hmm. That'd be super cool, yeah. right? And I That's mean, a, the first thing I thought was like, man, what a vantage point. And I doubt it's, like, that. flying that, like, super high, like, above it. Sure. So it's probably, I mean, it's probably going to have a really good, you know, a view above. Or a view, yep. view, view below. But also imagine them being out there watching all of that happen. Yeah. That'd be super crazy. That, I mean, things like, man, I get so jealous when I hear these stories. Right. Like, I know. <laughs> I know they're probably scary in the moment, oh, but yeah. like, but you know, just that see a thing like that and try to deny that weird shit exists. Exactly. You know I what mean, I mean? You wouldn't be able like, to deny it at that. I mean, that's like a hundred percent like solid evidence. Yeah. But I would to, be that I, guy like taking videos right away. Like, yeah, how, yeah. It's 2016. Why didn't they have any videos of this? I know. I know. It, that's just what bothers me. Yeah, especially since, like, I don't know, they, they've been, like, bitching and moaning about these airplanes for two days. Right. No one w- was, like, filming the airplane yeah. and going, like, see what we're dealing with here. And exactly. You know what I mean? Like, if this were right now, this would be posted all over TikTok. Exactly. Right. It would. And there has been a huge, like, uptick in UFO videos in the last, like, year. Right. Like... <laughs> Huge. I mean, of, of course, that's gonna kind of come with the the whole thing, but yeah, it's like being on the on the the team for Paranormality magazine. We get like tons of people. Like people have started coming to us with their videos. Oh yeah, nice. And like, they're dude. In the last month, I've probably seen fifteen. Well, once you get one like this, then we can we can talk, right? <laughs> yeah normally it's just like a weird light or a shape right of course thing in the sky mm-hmm. i've seen a, a couple pretty fairly compelling ones nothing like this obviously but yeah like i've seen some weird shit but like there's you're right if this happened today it would definitely be on tiktok like imagine how big that one that was hovering just like 10 feet off the ground like imagine like yeah because i mean you're that close to it that's a good question, though. Does anyone talk about the size of the craft? I mean, not not really in anything I, I found, like, other than just a large triangular-shaped craft or, you know... Right, but large doesn't mean shit. Craft. Right, exactly. It's relative. Large could be, you know, 10 feet tall. Right. Not that human beings are very good at, like, deciding how big things are when they're in the sky. <laughs> right, of course. But, like... I, 10 feet off the ground that that farmer should you'd be close have a general yeah. estimate i right? mean you could you could feel like especially if this thing's like say even like slightly like rotating you right. could feel like the wind off of that being yeah. that close i mean the thing is that close to the ground he should be able to say was this the size of your tractor was it the size of your True. barn yeah was it you know what i mean the size like, of your house because large can mean anything yeah that's true that's a bummer. I want to know how big they are. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, obviously it'd be nice to be nice to get a, an idea of that. But yeah. also, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm surprised there's not at least any type of comparison. Because I could say, My, like, in the heat of the moment, like, maybe he wasn't really paying attention other than it was big, you know, gigantic. Yeah. But I think after the fact, you'd be like, well, he was, I think it was about this big. Right. I mean, I'm the asshole who hears big pyramid shaped craft and I think like the size of a house. Right. Yeah, I mean, same. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what I assume. You know? But it could have been the size of a Cadillac. That's true. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. A, Which is that's also, a really good question. That's, that's kind of cool, though, too. If it is like kind of smaller, it kind of totally changes the vibe of the story right you know what i mean i mean yeah because i imagine this massive like imposing giant pyramidal yeah craft of course that's i mean that's what that's what i want to imagine because yeah (laughs) that i go straight to like seems more badass right yeah of course yeah which i just rewatched that for the first time in years recently i want to go back and rewatch the second one the second they one, did, I don't like rem- years later. I don't remember really caring for that one, but I don't know. I watched it in the movie theater for like ten minutes, and then I woke up when the credits <laughs> were rolling. Yeah, I, I probably so, fell asleep too. That's probably why I don't really remember it. I remember yeah. knowing that knowing that I saw it, but that's why I want to rewatch it because <laughs> I slept through that's the whole fair. thing. All right. Um. Okay, so then some something super weird happens, which is the red orb comes to Kaz. Right. right, so and it there's sort of like scans her. Yeah, there's that's after everything is said and gone. Like the planes yeah. that were chasing the green one are gone and everything. Then those two. Oh, orbs yeah, the military come. runs it off, right? Yeah, yeah, they basically or chase it off after it. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it could have been just leading them away. Like, yeah, you know, very well could have been all that was happening. Um, sure. yeah, but yeah, they like the two come and like the one just it's like it scans and scans her as she's standing there. Um, and it scans her and then turns green. Turns green, right? Right. You know what that instantly reminded me of? What's that? Okay, so there's an episode of Doctor Who that it's called Journey to the Center of a Dalek, I think. Yeah. Where they actually go inside, they shrink down and go inside the Dalek, and there it reminded me of the antibodies that they fight in that episode, where it like comes up and scans them, and it could be good or bad, and that. And the the antibodies when they're inside the the one things, you know, in uh, Impossible Astronaut, where they're like the people are a ship filled with tiny yeah. people, and they have like the little antibodies that decide whether you're good or bad, and if you're bad, they kill you. Yeah. So like, apparently this orb decided Kaz was all right and turned green. Was I'm, like you're good, right? Exactly. And then left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's I mean that's, that's, pretty that's weird. a good way to put it. There's I, I also thought of like, you know, just like some like retina scan thing, and she just yeah, and maybe like you you checked out. Maybe she's been abducted before or something. They're like, oh yeah, right. You're, you're good. Yeah. You're good by us, and so I, that's I don't a, know. yeah, maybe. So yeah, that that or is maybe a they're weird. like, or maybe they like scanned her and were like non-military combatant <laughs> and turned yeah. green and went on right maybe i i just feel like the fact that 
that green one shoots off and I, I like I feel like it was trying to also get the military and everything away from from her as well like that that possibly could have been like something to protect her or something that was or to give them time to scan her right yeah interesting I and there was nothing about it scanning her her pal that was there with her no i was just i mean the only the only thing i found was just that it like stopped in front of her i mean it wasn't like there was no like like whatever that's what i meant but it was like right Um, like a beam of light yeah exactly because scans are up Mm -hmm. and down yeah um but But she felt like she she was like it was basically yeah stood right in front of her and like as if it were scanning her so interesting Okay. It's cool. So after it scans her and turns green, it takes off, right? Then Um, it takes off. And then that's when they start investigating the area, right? Yeah. So like after, after that's said and done, they like, they run out there, you know, to, to try and see, cause they had already tried to get closer to the light. So they were on the ground, like as all this was happening. Yeah. Um, so, but then they eventually run to the area just looking for anything that like, you know, any, anything on the ground, anything that they possibly could have found, you know, they obviously they were shorthanded when, uh, when they left and that was, that was it until like yeah. the next day they're talking to the, you know, other neighbors that had witnessed, you know, the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then they like, they are talking about the other explosion that was heard and that there were two in total and they end up going to this forest area and that's when they find like this, just this crash site. Yeah. And one of the details that freaked me out about the the wooded area is the trees that they found that were broken. She said they were like 60 foot tall trees that like they're they were taken care of by the government. Right. It was like government land. Uh, yeah. That the trees were on. And so they trim them way up high. So it's just the trunks for like the first 30 or 40 feet up. And then you have the branches. Yeah. For the top 20 feet of the tree, which is pretty standard fare as far as the way cities, you know, groom trees. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, these trees were broken off in, in the middle. Like, yeah. mid-trunk. Not, like, uprooted, not tipped over, nothing like that. They were snapped off in the center of the trunk, which is almost impossible to do. I mean... That yeah. takes an insane force but to do that. That could also be like something that just like skims the surface and yeah, does a nice, you know. But like that's chopper-oo. just a, a good example of like how powerful whatever happened oh, was yeah, for sure. because these are like mature elm trees. They're like they're big fucking trees. Mhm. Yeah, I and mean they're snapped in the middle. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing. I mean, the other thing is the fact that they didn't find like debris of you know the craft or anything Whatever like that it. right yeah but like yeah so i mean their their only assumption was that they, they ended up getting shot down and then i mean they're quick to do away with these things so yeah yeah they don't leave them lying around for long right the area was empty but like it was obvious yeah that's, so yeah that's interesting the other thing is the snow like oh, the yeah. snow, I don't understand. Like I, my first assumption was maybe it was ash or something. Yeah, but like it was, it was just within the wooded area, and then in that patch in the field. See, the field 
freaks me out because she like talks about she describes it like like standing outside it it was like looking at a big snow globe right like she I could, mean, they yeah. could actually see the lines that contained it that'd be so you weird. know what i mean like yeah super weird mm. that i mean that like kicks this into like high strangeness territory oh yeah without a doubt right like yeah, yeah. like i there's there's no way to explain something like that yeah i mean there's there are I, there are like freak like uh like you have like sure. downpours that i i can't remember what they're called off the top of my head right now but they're like very rare but they happen like you could you could be like part in a parking lot i actually watched a video uh of this guy in a parking lot and it was just like pouring like i mean pouring as hard as you could think it'd be pouring on top of one car the car next to it like had some like just like some of the backwash yeah. from it and like the car next completely like completely fine you know like yeah just over this like one single like isolated area so yeah. like that's possible but like i don't know i find that to be very much stranger much it's more weird. strange it's, yes yeah <clears throat> i mean every storm system has an edge right right of course but it's weird when you can see all the edges yeah like that that's very it'd be so so odd. freaky <laughs> like anyone who's driven long distances has seen rain coming you know what i mean mm-hmm. like where you can see ahead of you where it's raining but it's not raining for you yet yeah and you're about to drive into it but like such a small system is mm-hmm. that's odd yeah it's very it's odd it's it's just like it's almost unheard of you know i mean it's just yeah because it's that's such a rare thing i mean especially even just with the rain and stuff but i've never like yeah yeah I'm, i mean i'm sure it happens with all types of of weather but yeah to be isolated into these little these two specific areas yeah the two hot spots for what just happened exactly like the two major points yeah like it'd be yeah, impossible weird... not to link those together yeah agreed Another point I wanted to make about the trees was, because you had mentioned there was no debris right. from the craft, right? There, There's two possibilities from that. One, that they cleaned it up super quick. Right. Right. That would be my immediate two, assumption. Two, that whatever the craft is made of, it it was able to crash through those trees and leave no debris. That's possible. Maybe too. it did no damage to the craft. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it just like shaved these giant like, elm trees in half and just kept going. Maybe the explosion that they heard was actually just it, like skimming all these those trees, trees and they're yeah. sna- like snapping and stuff. So I mean, yeah, yeah, a bunch of that all at once is gonna sound like gunshots and stuff like that. Yes. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it would have like a pretty significant. I mean, that would be. A clatter. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. To say the least, for sure. A clatter of epic proportions. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That's... Dude, that's it's so weird. So, it's so cool, though. Like, just so neat to yeah. think about. I love these stories, too, because I'm not, like... I'm not an ETH guy. The The extraterrestrial hypothesis doesn't normally do it for me. Yeah. You know, but, like... I love like just setting that aside and just talking about this like almost like I'm analyzing a a sci-fi movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like cuz that so much cool shit is happening in this story like within the span of half an hour. 
Right. Even, I mean, yeah. You know, like they're yeah. There was like what an extra an hour later or whatever, and everything was said and done. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the timeline. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, that's nuts. I mean, yeah, to think about how much happened in such a short amount of time. And them being out there on the ground while all this is going on, they had to feel like they were in fucking War of the Worlds. I mean, yeah, without a doubt. That's what I was saying. Like, like, imagine, like, not only that view from the sky, but, like, them from below, like, looking up, seeing, like, this craft, the other, all the different lights, like, these planes flying ahead, like, overhead, and... The lightning crashing down. Right. This would, I mean... Yeah. It would would be intense. That's for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um the a cool thing about the lightning and the way she described it was almost like the craft was using the lightning to push against the ground to like keep itself from lowering all the way to the ground. That very Which well could weird. have been could have been the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's cuz she said it was sort of lightning. Like Right, like more like just that, like that's a, the closest she could almost like a wave of electricity. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, so then the like weird cover up shit starts happening afterward. Right? Right. And like one of one of the first things she mentions is um she starts seeing the she starts seeing the official story on like Facebook. Right. Right. And yeah, she they're, starts, they're like, posting everywhere about it. And yeah. And she starts commenting. And she, she says that, um, everywhere that she sees someone who witnessed it comment that, about their experience, that there are these sort of like troll bot type people coming in and just saying, like, it was a military exercise. Right. And that's it. Like, they would just yeah. say that. Alone. That was the constant thing they did to undermine and like just try and make their stories seem crazy. Yeah. You know, and yeah. make the people feel like I mean at the end if you hear that enough times and you're dismissed that many times then it's like yeah, you know maybe this maybe this isn't real or they just stop talking about it, right? Sure. And a lot of people did, right? Like cuz the work she did especially when they started putting their book together a lot of it was like prying people back out of the shadows right, with of their course. stories, mm-hmm. which is awesome. That's that's great work. Like, yeah, I mean, this this girl's put in a lot of time and effort into yeah, you know, trying to declassify this essentially. Sure, yeah, like get it out there, right? And this woman was not into UFO stuff. She was not an alien fangirl like none of that before this but as soon as she, she like, saw it yeah, that means she's she like was that's sold. a ufo yep yeah mm-hmm. yeah she said herself like i'm remembering a lot from the interview now that we're like talking in it talking getting into it but like she said specifically before all that all this happened her primary worry every day was like what what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Right. Like she was very much just like a normal, like middle class gal. Yeah. I mean, but you see something like that life changing. Yeah. It would be hard to come back from. Right. Not That's like, just that changes right. everything. Yeah. That's crazy. That's 
I just want to like, I want that just for, just for a minute. Yeah. Right? Just to know, know. man, like, ah, I don't, mm. I'll never be happy I until I can get there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So like they, the military starts like closing down roads. Yeah. They closed down like road, like very like heavily driven roads and highways. No, like no, like uh no, like pre-warning or anything like that. They just shut them down and then don't allow yeah. any like through traffic or anything outside of, of course, like military personnel and right those in the need to know, I guess. I know um, one woman in the book says that she her normal her her drive home would normally take about 20 minutes and instead it took three hours because 15 roads in a row she would come to a blockade and they would say there's a there's an accident up ahead you have to go a road over and she did that 15 times and at the end she was like it must be a pretty damn big accident (laughs) if you had to close down 15 roads right like yeah i mean yeah that's that's gnarly obviously you know there was more to it but yeah i think like he you come across something like that like the first couple roads yeah maybe you know maybe they they're setting like a perimeter sure. or something right yeah but like 15 roads by the end of it i'd be like what are you hiding yeah <laughs> like what come the fuck on is over there exactly yeah absolutely yeah that's and, crazy and then they start seeing these people out in the field where it right. took place. So then right? like these random people start camping and then they just look like normal everyday people. You know, they're out there, normal clothing and things like that, claiming to be like doing like fracking survey stuff and um there was also mention of Vodafone. like yeah, for for car- uh cellular carrier and stuff, like working yeah. on network stuff and like that's that's just silly. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a really funny line. There's a really funny line that stuck with me where she was like, um, cause they, at one point they go up to the people and mm-hmm. they're like, Hey, what's going on here? And they stop them from coming in to the area. And she said they have guns, by the way, the people who are blocking. The- I mean, normally if you're working on a cell tower, you're going to carry mm-hmm. a gun. Yeah. You, you got to have your automatic yourself. rifles. Exactly. Um, no, but she's like, you know, she gets kind of indignant and she's like, you know, I have every right to be here. This is, you know, it's a public walking path. Like there's right. no reason why I, sh- I shouldn't be able to be here. And he's like, well, my superior officer is going to want to talk to you. And she's like, oh, I didn't know Vodafone had <laughs> superior <laughs> officers. That's awesome. <laughs> and, yeah. Because like from two different guards... I'm just going to call them guards. I mean, yeah, um, obviously. From two different guards, she gets... The first one says that they're from Vodafone, that they work for mm-hmm. the cell phone company, and that they're there doing some kind of study or some kind of work on a cell tower or something. Yeah. And then the second one, not 10 minutes later, says that they're that they're in a military training exercise. Right. That's why yeah. it's blocked I off. mean, they're told multiple different things by multiple different people. Yeah. And then all within the same area. So I mean that that screams cover up right there. This is why I don't believe in conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. Because no one ever has their story straight. I mean that's you know, that's true. Never. Like people are 
you can't count on too many people in a row not being a dumbass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, I mean, eventually yeah. things turn into that, like, that whisper game, right? Yes. Where it just, Telephone, it, right? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Where by the end of it, it's just completely off yeah. the wall. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. No, I, I mean, I understand. I like conspiracy, like, conspiracy theories and stuff like that to an extent. You know, they're they're fun to get into, but... Yeah, you know, you do kind of have to take a lot of that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, I always liked them for the thought experiment. Of course, yeah, right. But like, I always simultaneously kind of felt really bad for people who like went all in on them. You yeah, because it's like, oh, you poor soul. I mean, <laughs> like, if that's what they choose to do with their time, then I think I think all the power to them. Like, it's just like being obsessed with anything else or, you know, being sure. like heavily into something else. I will go on record saying I'm very disappointed in the turn that conspiracy theories have taken in the United States in the last five or so years. Yeah. Like it's gotten very dangerous. I mean, yeah, of course. In the last few years. Like, yeah, it's just, I don't know if people are more gullible or trusting or influenced like i think obviously media you know everybody yeah. everybody becomes influenced heavily influenced by anything in the media like if you, sure. you see it on tv or post it on the internet then it's got to be yeah. true it must be real exactly yeah. so like i think like honestly unfortunately that's that's a lot of the cause now and the fact that it's so accessible you yeah. know that's why these things are getting more out of hand also just like you know the the internet used to be like the wild west right where like the people who were like really digging into it were not the same people who were like writing policy for our federal right, government of course you know what i mean yeah. like those are not there was no overlap mm-hmm. there and now you know i mean we don't obviously we don't get political on the show but like there are now we have politicians who are ostensibly staying up at night reading like I mean, deep reddit yeah. threads and shit like and that is deeply unsettling to me yeah i mean the fact that a lot of these higher people are navigating deep web stuff on a re- regular daily yeah. basis like that's even more so terrifying yeah i don't think if you're a senator you should be allowed to have a tour browser i mean you know i i agree <laughs> like, but you can't do both. There, there's some, there's some wild people out there, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. But yeah, that's a that's a total digression. But like, the um, I think something was definitely going on here. Some there's some fuckery. Yeah, I agree. Going on, I, here. I think so too. I mean, there's obviously something that they were trying to cover up. The fact that there were multiple different explanations given. And then this ongoing thing where anybody that made reports to local authorities or anything like that was that it was always a military training, you know, experiment or process, whatever. Um, You know, but then the fact that as it's happening, like, there's just so many different random things that people are being told. And, you know, like, in the fact, you know, additionally, like, like we were talking about earlier people posting online about it and then all of a sudden like all of their claims and everything are like heavily dismissed and uh you know like basically pillowed over by other you know other comments and random stuff like that to where you know they're essentially pushed out 
yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's cool kind of to see like the this is the modern version of how you cover something up. Yeah. Or how you attempt to cover something right. up because we're so used to hearing those stories from like the 40s, 50s, 60s where like it was so much easier for the government to just oh, we have to change two newspaper articles. Yeah. And we're good. I mean, just think about like even when COVID was first coming into, you know, coming into the spotlight or whatever and becoming yeah. a big thing like YouTube videos that they mentioned the word would get taken down like you know like yep. it, that was happening all over the place which seems it still is happening that's that's crazy to me it's still like if you talk about you know the if i mean if they deem what you're talking about dangerous they they censor you i mean yeah but like it's not... something something like that i think is just silly but yeah i mean misinformation is dangerous though yeah, well then you know? they should be taking lots of other videos down and lots of other things yeah. <laughs> because there's way too much of that out there. Yeah. Yeah. But. Absolutely. I think this is officially the most political episode we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, just to get into something else for a minute then. Yeah, yeah. Please um, do. So, <laughs> so when we when we were talking about like whether like people bought into like this actually happened or you know uh, took like the the whole thing of the military training stuff like that whatever um there were a lot of people though that uh you know that described like the red and green orbs that people would see um yeah. like the people that were defending this uh defending the mil- military and their ex- explanation would basically sa- stated that um the lights that people were seeing are basically are most likely drop zone markers um and then the lines of light in the sky that were essentially believed to like to be the edges of the craft like the red lines and stuff like that or the orbs that would form that um could have actually been descending paratroopers sure because they always had i mean they always had to have an active light on them and everything and so yeah um yeah so i mean they would have been wearing wearing a light basically to indicate their positions and stuff like that but it is an odd it is an odd coincidence in my opinion that so many UFO sightings are red and green lights. Right. And you, that happens to be the color of running lights for aircraft. Yeah, and you know Christmas. What I mean? Yeah, and Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so either there's somebody out there that really wants Christmas all the time. Yeah. Or <laughs> there's something else. What if we were invaded by aliens that were just obsessed with Christmas? I mean, that would that would be kind of cool. <laughs> right? I hope they bring presents. Put a jolly edge to things, for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, going, going back, like, the thing about that also was there was no pre, like, you know, pre-thing stating any, like, you know, planned exercises or anything were going to take place. Like, not to the police, not the local government. Uh, not even like the media just to alert like yeah. residents and stuff like that. And that's where we get in talking about the notice to airmen or the NTA or whatever uh, that has to be issued in order to warn commercial and non-commercial pilots to enter this the airspace. And they yeah. have to be set up well in advance, uh, sometimes multiple weeks in advance. Now, yeah. in this case, there was one issued, but not till 9 p.m. on the 25th. Okay. So literally the day before, like everything went down, there was one that went into place like that night. 
Okay. Um, so it was literally just a few hours because, I mean, literally at 2 a.m. that same night is when Kaz Clark is out there with, the, you know, with her friend watching all this stuff happen, right? Yeah. The thing with all these explanations, the, like, those are droplights and the, it, the right. lines could be paratroopers and all that. This is a fucking neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't, don't lose sight of the fact that, like, this is not a place that you would do a military exercise. Yeah. Now, ever. The thing, the, the, the notice to airmen that they put in actually exceeded the boundary by what they could allow by up to f- 50 miles. So exceeded the okay. boundaries, even though it was really taking place over like residential areas. I yeah. mean, they put this thing in effect for a much wider range than they're supposed to. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, which is another kind of sketchy thing as well. Yeah. Um. You know. But yeah, I I find that I find that just a bit off putting, and it makes like especially the fact that they were able to put this in just a few hours before everything started to happen. That makes it makes me feel like they, they there was some something something that they knew yeah. was coming. Again, that would explain. See, that's the thing too. The, the planes like, over overhead for the couple days yeah. before that and stuff. Right. If I imagine they have to put in a notice like that anytime they're going to have craft in the air, right, over a spot, right, because air traffic control needs to know what's up there. But like. They did have planes, and you mean no one's disputing the fact that military planes were there, right? You know what I mean. So of course they had a notice in if they were going to be there. What is disputed is what else was there, right? Of course, right? Yeah. So when I hear people saying like, "Oh, well, they put the notice in," that clearly this was an exercise, right? Like, no, they put the notice in because they were there and they knew something was coming. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you don't just buzz planes, you know, continually for two days over exactly. a neighborhood for no reason. But they didn't even have that in place when they were over there the days beforehand. Yeah, when they started right. It. Yeah. But I just like coincidentally, you know, they put this in yeah. a couple hours before like these giant crafts are larger, smaller, however, you know, they they actually were come you know like materialize and come about so yeah yeah it's it's crazy and one thing also to note about kaz clark like she's went through like series of like separate occasions doing like polygraph tests um she's like her family has received literal like threats against her life for speaking out about this stuff um, like she, yeah, like, I mean, just everything yeah. that she's been through just to even bring this information out has been pretty nuts. Yeah. She passes the ruined life test. Yeah, for sure. For UFO experiencers. Yeah. Yeah. She certainly hasn't gotten rich off a self-published book that is, you know, 70% requests to the government for information. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. I I I don't know. I dig this story a lot, and I honestly I I buy into it for sure. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I feel like there was something something that happened. There's way uh-huh. more than just military training exercises, and there was something there. I agree. I think they had 
I think this was a genuine experience. Yeah, for sure. I agree. What's weird is that it was that so many people were involved. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean that's that's the other thing that like that's where you know people talk about mass hysteria and stuff because like mm-hmm. so many people saw this from you know pretty far distances and at the same time like so many like military people were involved and you know things like yeah. that too like just yeah which I mean it was obviously something to cover up yeah I th- I think that's I think that's the case. I think something anomalous definitely went down in that neighborhood that night. Agreed. Absolutely. I wish I could have been there to see it. You and me both, man. We're just not at a not at a good spot. I think that's the problem. Apparently. Yep. It's a sad story. It really is. But, you know, I think that'll uh, wrap up this week's episode. Uh, the Penturk Incident. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.